Welcome to Third Side, Navigating Popular Culture by Black Flame. My name's Adam Campbell. And I'm John Shaw. We are being joined for a very special episode, aren't we, John? We are. We're going to be talking about the outlaw culture, Vikings and bikers and tattoos and all that stuff we love with our guest, the warlock of the Church of Satan, Dorian Gray, everyone. There he is. What up? What's happening? How you doing, man? So finally (laughs) Let me just say, uh, for everyone that's tuning in and chatting in the live chat, we appreciate your patience. It does mean a lot. Uh, having a bit of a technical nightmare of a day, to be quite honest. So if we don't change from this screen, you know why. We're just going to stay right here the whole time. Um, yeah, today we're talking about outlaw culture. I'm really excited to talk about this because, quite frankly, I've lived a pretty straight and narrow life. And... Uh, <laughs> I'm I mean, hoping. <laughs> I'm hoping that you guys, I just spit the camera, that you guys can uh, help educate, educate me, <laughs> learn me all you know about outlaw culture. Do you guys know anything about it at all? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, to an extent, I mean, I'm not. I don't know if I necessarily consider myself really lived that much of an outlaw life. That it, being on the fringes of you know society is a little different, but yeah. But uh, interest definitely, certainly. And involved with as far as obviously whether it be tattooing or music or hanging out with those sort of people. And the, I know John the bad has. boys. <laughs> I was I was raised in it. Yeah, I didn't know I was being interviewed, but here we go. No, I uh, my family's wacky, man. We uh, we we, you know, I was raised with all that whole biker thing and violence thing and drug thing and. Is yeah. there any way we can get a little more detail, or we can just quit now that we start? Like, how did you see killed? Um, <laughs> no, I mean it's um, you know it's just that thing. They uh, the the people will uh, if you're in the fold, they are loving and they are fucking you know they'll they'll give you the shirt off their back right. and and the, the the you know their life for you pretty much and uh, that part's cool you know that brotherhood thing and that whole family type of mentality. Uh, but, uh, if you're on the out or if you cross or anything, I mean, it's just like any other, any other brotherhood out there, any other type of gang type of thing in society that, you know, you're fucked. Right. Well, let's, let's define what we're talking about here. I mean, you were speaking to biker culture, uh, just right now. Um, what do you guys think the definition would be of outlaw culture? And because I think it differs, uh, depending on the age in a society, I mean, to be fair, in ancient Egypt, Jews were outlaw culture. <laughs> so right, right. <laughs> let's let's define the conversation here. Um, what do you consider, Dorian? I'm going to ask you because you're our esteemed guest here. What do you consider outlaw culture in our current understanding? Well, uh, I mean, outlaw culture, as far as it's kind of a hard question because only because I mean, there's there's an actual outlaw culture, and then there's this kind of 
supposed culture, you know, if you if you kind of look back to um, what a hero was and say like, you know, the 50s, you know, like our TV heroes and they were all like kind of, you know, big smile, you know, perfect chiseled, you know, chin and, and they were they were just very good guys like Superman, you know, very polished and very good. And um, that has like Elvis, yeah. And, and it's worn over time, you know, to where, you know, we're more into anti-heroes and, and uh, you know, guys who, I mean, you know, Sons of Anarchy was a, a hit TV show about criminals that we loved, you know. So, I mean, the, the culture as far as um, uh, wanting to be like that and even like, you know, people who get into like whatever, Scarface and stuff like that. I think that's a little different from actual, okay. uh, actual outlaws, right. you know, I mean, real, uh, you know. Whether it be there's there's guys who like the idea of looking like a biker and, and riding a bike and having a vest. And Harley Davidson has made and, a ton and then of money on that premise. Alone. And there's invaders and Hell's Angels and you know all the that's that's very different, right. two different very groups. So it'd be like the Hot Topic version <laughs> or the Harley yeah, yeah. Davidson version and yeah, the yeah. actual version. Um, okay, okay. What do you think, John? I mean. what... Do you think Dorian hit the nail on the head with the definition? Uh, is there anything you can expound on? Yeah, no, I think he pretty much summed it up there. I'm, I, it sucks that I can't add anything to that. He, he's a pretty astute guy, man. <laughs> I think it's interesting because depending on the constraints of a society, uh, the outlaw is going to be defined in that counterculture. So when we're thinking of the Old West, you know, your outlaws were the... You know the, the 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 people who would go steal the cattle. They would uh, go and just pretty much no laws in the society meant anything to them, and they just moved about their own lives on the outside of that society. What what I think is interesting about that idea is that the definitions are based solely, it seems, on the laws that exist in that country. So. An argument can be made that you wouldn't be able to have an American-styled outlaw in another country because the American sense of freedom, I think, almost even encourages this idea of an outlaw. What do you guys think about that? It is to an extent. I mean, that's where we're kind of based on a culture of, of rebels who, you know, we've kind of, I think we've hit on this before, the idea that... Um, that the the character of Satan is really a great representation of America to say I will not bow down to you I'll go do my own thing. I'm um, not familiar know, with the Satan kind of character. Can yeah, you? right. <laughs> but well, yeah, you know. So I mean, that's that's kind of what our our culture is certainly. I mean, I guess anybody who breaks off from another. But yeah, I mean, what somebody else's rules just like. You know, you kind of said at the beginning, like talking about like Vikings. Vikings, Vikings actually had some pretty strict laws that they followed themselves. They just didn't follow other people's laws. So, by other countries, you know, we're we're all outlaws by you know Iraq standards or you know whoever. But yeah, you, you can know, actually make a really good argument that any American is an abject outlaw to the rest of the world. <laughs> like yeah. we yeah. literally do whatever we want in our own self-interest. Damn the consequences. Right, right. That's when you have to just build a wall, and uh, it's amazing. It's tremendous. Huge. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it's really interesting because 
And I don't, this, this is interesting that we have a, a, a sort of international audience watching us right now. So if you guys can chime in on these ideas, I would really appreciate it because I'm curious as to your perspective. I'm looking at the chat room as if you can see and I can see you. So as Americans, and certainly as me as a child, the, the first things that popped into my head on the ideas of an outlaw were uh, Vikings, pirates, uh, Old West, like gun... Uh, gunslingers um and then biker gangs were a big one in my youth and so you had these 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 traditional sort of fantasy styled roles that the realities of those roles were dramatically different than the stories that we grew up with um and so is that is that what we're basing our idea of an outlaw off of a fiction rather than a reality well, you have to think. I mean, there's any any culture, any society, when when these certain groups of people, this group of people decides this is what we're going to live by, this is how we're going to live. These are our laws, these are our rules, our regulations, these are our guidelines. And then you got another one that says, well, I don't like those. Well, now they're outlaws. But yeah. at the same time, if you just flip the table, they want to live a certain way. They want to act a certain way, enjoy a certain way, and just live a certain way. But it goes against them. Now they're outlaws. So everyone is an outlaw to another supposed culture or society. Right. And they, Americans definitely kind of cherish that, especially, I mean, consider the, you know, the gun culture and our, I mean, we, we love our guns, you know, and that's, you know, even though we, we see that as a, a tool, a way to, to stand for freedom, but, you know, I mean, who doesn't love to, you know, hold their camera up, take a picture of themselves looking like a badass with their gun, you know, I mean, it's, you know, we're we're a culture that loves to be a badass. You know, and 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 that's part of our American pride and our and our ego that goes with it. So, um, I think that 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 ego is you know definitely outlaw as far as breaking away from um, breaking away from England and you know we we think that we're the only free country in the world. You know, and you mm -hmm. know, kind of just get this this crazy mentality that it's a badass mentality. I mean, it's fun. <laughs> what well, is interesting because. It seems in American culture, it's encouraged to be this sense of an outlaw, you know, this individual sense of being an outlaw. Um, but at the same time, you're going to want every benefit of the society that you live in. So you only really want to look like it. And so we're sort of going back to that idea of, of the pretender outlaw. Um, right. I think the entire Tea Party political movement in America was founded on the idea of wanting to reject the status quo and be that outlaw in society that that fictional idea of what America stood for at one point. Yeah. Um, I, and it, for me, it really makes me reevaluate this entire construct, this entire idea of the outlaw. Is it, is it just an infantile desire? I mean, you do see gangs cropping up, whether it's um, uh, criminal gangs, biker gangs is their difference, um, drug running gangs, uh, gun running gangs. And the entire idea, it's not on, for them, being an outlaw. For them, it's uh, freedom of expression to do what they want, when they want, how they want and make money the best way that they want to do that. And because our society has set laws in place, the best way to make money, the fastest way, is by breaking those laws for some of these individuals. Yeah. 
and so you could even make that i mean like when we say outlaw like we kind of think of like that like gun runners and stuff but i mean there's the the guy who's growing weed in his backyard in a state that's it's not legal he's an outlaw too technically you know even though he's a you know kind of a moron and he's he's scrawny and you know eats too much junk food and stuff he, he's actually an outlaw too you know loves strange brew no one can figure yeah. out why <laughs> his, or, his dick is orange because he eats cheetos weird <laughs> we've all been there right <laughs> right yeah i mean I, I, okay right Okay, so let's talk about these different ideas, these different these different constructs of the outlaw, and, and let's break them down just a little bit. Um, we, we started with Vikings, and so let's jump through history here on some of the most exciting ones, and let's talk about Viking culture. Dorian, you'd already mentioned that they actually had strict laws in their time, and it was just their sense of raiding. And really, you can look at, well, what drives a Viking community to raid another community? Are they just being bad guys and they just want to beat up and rape and pillage and plunder? Or is there another underlying reason? What do you guys think? Well, it's actually, they, you know, a lot of times that's kind of the part that does get glamorized, which, you know, maybe that is part of our, uh, I guess, our attraction to the outlaw. But, I mean, they're the ones that also set up all these trade routes with, uh, with the same places that they raided. And, and I, think, I think there's a kind of that mentality of, um, you know, if you're weak, then... You suffer the consequences, you know, and they kind of had that. And I think they'd have respect for anybody that could put up a fight. Um, but, you know, yeah, aside from uh, raiding areas, they also then established, you know, trade with them. And, um, you know, they're they're actually pretty good businessmen. And, you know, just we just kind of zoom into that one aspect. But, I mean, there's definitely a badassness to them, of course, you know. But they, they had their own rules and that they valued. I mean, even like, you know... <laughs> Granted, this is a little different aspect of it, but like, you know, we kind of laugh about people nowadays having like the, the safe space, you know, because they've been insulted. But, but actually, Vikings took a, an insult very seriously. And, you know, by the third time you insulted somebody, it was uh, it was fight to the death. Them fighting. You know? So, I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, but, you know, that's, of course, different from, uh, you know, I'm, I got to go hide my safe space, you know. So. Right. But again, it's, it's it's a cultural expression, you know. You you can only react in the approved way that your society has trained you to react. I mean, there's going to be aberrations in behavior, but by and large, people are reacting the way they've been taught to react. And so, if you come from a warrior culture, you're going to react in a far different way than if you were raised in any modern society. Exactly. You know, um, yeah, I yeah. think I think it's an interesting idea. Um, let, me, let me bring this up really quick. If um, th this whole idea of uh, this party raiding another to get things that they want and stuff—if you think about it, the, the American Indians were notorious for that. Uh, all over the yeah. world, there's 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 just a lot of parts, most, most warrior cultures. Culture. Yeah, they do that. And even if you think about it nowadays, our urban youth uh, does this sort of thing. And I think it has to play with uh, the economy when you're poor. You don't care about the laws. When you're poor, you you it's you know it becomes okay for you to steal from somebody or murder somebody to take what they have. I think it has to. It's a very economic uh, part of, of of the problem. They're poor. They don't have it because if they had things, if their if their if their booty was bountiful and they they wouldn't. Oh, my booty's bountiful. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But they wouldn't. There wouldn't be a need to go to another village to take what they had. They, if you think about it, they were really poor people. I mean, Vikings, for as for example, they lived in 
hovels. Yep. They didn't live in extravagant. See, with, I'm not entirely with, sure I buy that notion, though. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with uh, your sense and strength as a warrior to your own tribe, and you justify that through the raiding process and through the warrior, um, the, the expression sure. of, of the act of, of being a warrior. I don't think it's so much but that we don't have problem. things. I think it's, you know, we need to, I need to prove to my clan or to my family that I am strong enough to lead and I'm going to do that by going over to his house and kicking his fucking ass. And See, I, find that, I find that to be a, a, a level of weakness. If you need the herd's approval because you need to... Like in gangs these days, you got to kill to get in. Now, it's not a big man thing to go kill somebody for no reason. You kill this teacher or this old lady for no reason. But, but like you said, they got to prove themselves yeah. to, this, to this gang. That's weak. That's a well, little weak. The reason that they're, but I mean, I mean, if they have to prove themselves, like kind of like what you were saying, I mean, it, it may, there's a reason for it. You know, why, why do I need a strong leader? Well, I need a strong leader because we have to go get food from somebody or, you know, we have to go get wealth from somebody because we don't have it here. I mean, I, I think that there is a, a, a point to what John was saying about that. I mean, in, as far as certainly in, in, a, in a modern like, gang culture, you know, I mean, that I can I can see that to an, an extent. Well, I, I want to make sure that we're we're making a clear differentiation during the discussion because, again, this goes back to sensibilities. I, I do not think that a gang nowadays has any real connection to a a culture um circa 1200 so we need to make sure because they're raised in such dramatically different ways but but the sense of need your maslow hierarchy of need is so much different like in our modern society you can always fall back in the society nets they will always be there no matter how poor you are no matter how bad it gets you can always you always have that to fall back on but if you're uh, a viking you you literally have to connect with that's why they have terms like clans you have to be with the tribe you're in and you have to prove that you're a valuable member of that tribe or else you're not going to live there they're going to kick your ass out and so the entirety of the culture the entire premise of the culture is based on the idea of show of strength and projecting that strength to everyone else now we can in our modern culture see that as weakness but the reality is is they don't have the they didn't have the benefit of our evolution they're working pretty close to that caveman mentality compared to us i mean i i, I do think it's genuinely a completely different way of seeing the world you know I'm sure, I'm positive that a lot of it had to do with trade. The only way that you can trade with other cultures is if, one, you have something to trade and you're seen as a valuable ally or uh, enemy of your enemy. You have to have some sort of bond to prove that they're not going to raid you. And so everyone's showing that they have this sense of strength within the, each other that they're not going... To, I mean, you can go to any schoolyard and see this behavior. It's sort of a primal human instinct. I need to prove that I am going to be tough to prevent the other guys from stepping to me. Mm-hmm. So, it, I mean, do you guys agree with that idea? or? Oh, always take out the bear. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've That's never not... walked into a prison yard and beat up the biggest guy there. But... It's not the prison yard. It's, it's on the street. You know, there's a, there's a group of people bothering you and you gotta, you're going to have to get down. I mean, go for the biggest guy every time. But that's the thing. It instills fear. That's what you're going for. You want them to fear you. So 
these people that you know are in this society or culture and they got to prove themselves to the to the to the hierarchy that they they are part of the group and they can go out and kill rape and pillage um it's fear that instills that and then at the same time the other people that hear the stories of this viking clan or this culture attacking them instills fear in them so they can fear them and don't have to you know fight them and it just i, I get it yeah. it's great propaganda yeah. but um and it I works think, because yeah. we, i mean it, it works because we still see it nowadays um I mean, even our generation growing up, certainly you guys it did. You experienced this from other people and did it yourselves, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's I just... A knife it, on a kid. It's what happens when you're young. Um, you, you have to do this. It, we just have the benefit of, of a long life and a society that will support us. And so we have the, the option of evolving beyond that, that schoolyard mentality. Um, well, let's talk about another one of the cultures... Do you think pirates are any different? This this sort of outlaw pirate. Sense? Well, that's definitely more of an outlaw in the in the sense that I mean they weren't like they weren't like an established right. country that went to go expand. They 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 were out for wealth, you know, and and just from stealing, you know, they weren't like or struggling with their crops and said we need to go conquer other lands, you know. They just didn't want to live by the rules, you know, yeah. and let's just go steal it from other people. So that's a that's more of an actual outlaw. Like a universal outlaw, yeah. I mean, just literally yeah. doing anything you want, damn the consequences. And Do again, you... also very romanticized these days by movies. And, yeah. yeah. Like Vikings, very romanticized these days. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Think, think about sure. it. Uh, a wise man once said to me, and, uh, he, you know, that, that Vikings are... You know they they they're not that strong as people think that them to be. They because they were they were overtaken by the Christians. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. It's numbers. Yeah. <laughs> they got the guns. Yeah. We got the numbers. They got yeah. Jesus. That's why it was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he did it. Yeah, yeah. No, what he did, he turned water into wine, and all the Vikings got fucked up, and the Christians fucking killed him. So water into mead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I looks like people are leaving. See you later, David. Um, or if David's one leaving, so yeah. Sorry, it's hard to kind of keep track of that. Um, yeah, I do like that idea though that your outlaw, the, the cultures that we perceive as being outlaw, they themselves would probably see it dramatically differently, and they react in completely different ways because they had different, uh, uh, different uh, laws amongst themselves. So, like we just went over Vikings, they had a culture that they were living by. They were, by and large, farmers and uh, um, uh, raiders beyond. It wasn't their lifestyle to raid beyond, like, for no matter what. They, they had homes that they protected their children in. And pirate culture, yeah. however, was very much me and my crew to get me rich, damn everyone else. And we're going to do anything to try to uh, make the most money so that we can just live as lavishly on these other islands as, as we want. Um, right. I, I really kind of am attracted to that idea of a pirate more once we've sort of broken those rules down than more than of the Viking culture. Um, what about you guys? Do you, do you connect with one over the other? Oh, definitely Vikings because pirates, I mean, they... Uh... Well, they're not going to get laid as easily. They're going to have to rape more. So. <laughs> not I'm not entirely sure the Vikings didn't do that, too. Like, their women... Well, at least they, at least I think they, they kind of claimed them. Actually, their women... Uh, no, actually, their uh, women uh, were a lot more equal than 
most people think they, they fought alongside. Women were capable of deciding a divorce in the Viking culture. But, uh, pirates, pretty much, they're they're more of a... I mean, there's probably a few female pirates, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. Being trapped on a boat with a bunch of dudes at sea for months and months? Uh, <laughs> scurvy! They got scurvy! <laughs> Oh, Jack Sparrow got laid, man. He was a he's a well, yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Disney does it again. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's um, and Terry is right. There were a, a lot of women warriors in virtually every culture, but the way that history is told is told by man. It's his story, and so we always sort of whitewash with our cocks. <laughs> <laughs> the the reality of a situation. Wow. That's what we like Quite to literally do. Literally at times. Too. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Um, so, moving the discussion forward here, um, Viking culture is dramatically different than pirate culture. Let's go a little bit beyond pirates and let's talk about that old gunslinger code. Uh, how are these guys outlaws? Uh, John, can you extrapolate on the the idea of a gunslinger a little bit? Uh, the idea of a gunslinger yeah. i mean it's no different than uh you know the indians back then they did they, they went and robbed the stagecoach and went back to the to the clubhouse and split up the loot but uh it's no it's no I, I would be careful because i think there is a, a big difference there at least in my opinion indians okay. were broken into many many different tribes and each of those tribes interacted with their environment differently but they reacted more than anything else to homesteaders that came to their land and desecrated their land and stole their their land. So there's a, a bit of a difference because the gunslinger, I mean, yeah, yeah, and, and there, again, there, was, there, there were are tribes sides. that were just warriors, vicious Indians, and yeah. our, you know, natives as well. So. Right. So I just don't want to white again whitewash <laughs> with our cocks the entire Indian culture because I think Three it is white it is very there the are minutia yeah. to it. Um, I. I do like the idea, though, that, that the, the gunslinger was no different than those warrior-type tribes. Um, there are some differences in that there generally didn't... I mean, there are actually, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, there's, like, the outlaw gangs that would react much like the pirates, pirates yeah. years before, um, except on land. So do you guys think that there's any difference between the pirate culture and the uh, outlaw gang culture of, you know, like, sort of... 1700s era. I mean, you look at the same kind of people, basically. You know, when it comes to that, I mean, the the difference would be, um, I think, uh, I think with the with the gunslinger. I mean, first of all, you're you're more likely to have uh, individuals or smaller packs, smaller groups, and I guess maybe more of a uh, more directions to, to run, possibly. You know, uh, depending on I guess where you are at sea, um, but. Uh, you know the mentality. I think, for as far as compared to pirates, is is the same when it comes to. I mean, you're talking about gunslingers. You're talking about. There's a difference between like you know at at, at noon we're gonna draw and see who dies versus I'm robbing the stagecoach. You know that's that's two different kind of things there. You know, so right. gunslinger. I think of more of, you know, more of a competition kind of a thing, proven to be a badass versus uh, just being a, a an outlaw more or less um i'm trying not to get too drowned uh by the chat room but i did see one interesting question and i'm sure this was in relation to previous um conversations but i think it's interesting 
where we are right now to ask it to you gentlemen. Uh, what laws of the United States today seem asinine um, that you would that you could imagine outlaw culture springing out from? Now, Jesse actually posed that originally. Hmm. That's interesting. What law? Well, I mean, I already like you know we kind of did say earlier. I mean, like got guys that are growing weed in their backyard or in their closets. You know, I mean, that's a uh, that's that's been a, a struggle. I think in so the war on drugs because it seems like it, yeah, it's it's always been something that's kind of really and and of course you know I mean. It, it really hasn't hit yet as far as a war about it other than argument but I mean you know guns will be could be one eventually it could be depending on I guess the way the laws swing I'm not entirely that, sure that we're ever going to see that that large of a swing in gun I don't think so either I that just people think are... that people I think that the masses uh, think so though yeah. obviously I mean you, you know if you sit there and talk to them they all think that they're coming to take our guns you know and they can't so yeah. Right, but that's that's built on fear and and predicated by party lines. That's not yeah, yeah. that's not an actual threat. That's just propaganda. It's it's not an actual threat, but I mean that doesn't mean that people won't take it as one. You know, I mean like right. you know it it's the same thing like you know the we have one shooting at a at a nightclub and and the sales of AR-15 skyrocket because everyone's got to get them before because they think that they're going to get closed down. And then when somebody, when people go buy a whole bunch of guns, then that's when somebody's going to, you know, the government's going to go, well, why is this person buying all these guns right now? You know, mm -hmm. I mean, that's the only thing I can see is a confusion based on fear. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I think it's the drug thing too. I think uh, if somebody wants to go do cocaine till they die, go do it. Go, go have fun. That's great. I don't think the war on drugs is doing anything but just putting putting, right. putting people in prison and, and tying up the whole prison system for the, anyone in there that's for drugs. It's they don't belong in, in prison, man. I mean, what are they doing? They're not they're not tying up somebody's arm and shooting heroin and heroin into their arm against their will. This person wants to do this. Go ahead. And some people are like, oh well, it's a problem. They got a disease. They got that's what they've chosen yeah. to do with their life. Yeah. Fuck them. Fuck Fuck them, yeah. And then at the same time, the whole gun thing, any law that's in your state uh, or even city uh, ordinance or anything like that that goes against the U.S. Constitution is actually null and void. But yeah. nobody nobody speaks about that. They're like, they, they got these idiot cops, you know, enforcing these laws that are unconstitutional. Well, that's what it says in our state. So, so your Supreme Court has ruled the, what this, the Second Amendment is, period. That's it. So saying they're going to come get our guns, they can't. If they try yeah. physically, you have a right and a duty as a citizen to shoot every one of them that tries. And you're in the right. Yeah, that'll work. You may die in your court, <laughs> but, but you were right. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd like to move a little bit into uh, like modern interpretation of the gang now, if we can. Um, the idea of outlaws, I think, you really saw this in the... the er I don't know, maybe maybe from the, the late 70s, early 80s to today, this rise in gang culture. I mean, it was really strong in early 90s. I don't know how, how big it is where you guys are right now. Um, what do you think the draw is of, of that? And so I'm talking about your Latin gangs, your, your uh, African-American gangs. Um, and, and solely, let's, let's isolate this to American uh, gang culture rather than... Uh, international so where, where do you think that comes from the the 
because we and, and let me let me frame this this way we've identified that there are uh outlaw cultures based on either a society that you lived in and it is neighboring societies that see you as the outlaw um there are the aberrants in outlaw culture which are your pirates or your outlaw gangs that are really just out for themselves and there's no cultural driving factor for it um they could probably actually make livings doing something uh, within a, one of the societies that they're um, taking from, but they've chosen not to. Uh, then you look at our modern gang culture, and it's different because you they are in a society, and they do take advantage of society uh, means, but they sort of run under the surface. But it's not a cultural thing because it's within the society. So where do you think that comes from? Anyone? Oh, I, I, well, you got something to say, Dorian, or you want me to go on? No, go for it. Go for it. Yeah, I. Uh, it's a great question. Um, they're on the rise, I think. I think these gangs, I mean, like in Arizona, we've got a big problem with, uh, like, just like Southern California, uh, with this MS-13 uh, gang I'm sure you guys might have heard of. Um, you know, it, it, I think that, that the whole thing of that is, there's a, there's a few things. The laws that are in the in the country, a lot of people don't like them, and they don't... I mean, for whatever reason it is. Uh, but I think it stems from weakness again. You know, there's safety in numbers, but, yeah. you know, you get 10 weak gang members against one strong guy, it's probably an even, an even fight. But it, it, they just, they, they, they get them when they're young, they, they fool them, they brainwash them into thinking, you need us, we're your family. But I'm telling you right now, just like any gang, you do something wrong or you're fucked. So how is that your family and your brotherhood? Uh, I just... It's just a crazy thing, but I think the rise of the gangs is happening because of what's happening in our society with with the governments and what they're doing, and the and they're, it's just becoming like a, almost a tyranny. And these gangs are rebelling, and they're getting more and more in numbers due to their their propaganda and 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 recruitment techniques. I like what Jesse said here because I think it's <clears throat> it's extremely germane to, to this. She says gangs exist in Massachusetts mainly from fathers not being present, which itself has a whole range of causes. Boys growing up with no hope of seeing a way of making a fast cash before a fast death. I think there's a lot to be said to that. Uh, the idea of uh, the family unit providing the stability in life to prevent one from going into a gang. Uh, Dorian, do you think that do you think that's the case in most cases? Well, um, I, I don't know about the fathers because, I mean, if you look back to, like, you know, uh, think of, like, you know, <laughs> gangs of New York. I mean, gangs aren't new. Um, we just, we know of them as, as a certain way, but they've actually always been around. Mm -hmm. And I think, I think, uh, I think gangs come, usually, they, they come out of, number one, they come out of poverty. I mean, you don't see rich people gangs. It's never been. So they're usually started off... What do you think the stock market is? Oh, you do. They're called corporations. But yeah. Go ahead. Well, yeah, yeah, okay. But, <laughs> but I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it comes out of a... Usually out of a desperation situation. It, it is going to come out of ghettos, which ghettos are going to have more fatherless children. But, I mean, like I said, that's not necessarily a new thing. I, I think, if anything, um, it just... It comes from... Uh, especially if you live in a shitty neighborhood and, and you have nothing to look up to and you know, I mean, you know that we we've kind of talked about how there's uh, there's almost this heroic aspect to a, an outlaw. You know, it's something that you know somebody who has nothing looks up to. 
to an outlaw and, and sees them as somebody who kind of can be a savior, who can who can take things and you know whether they may see them as a Robin Hood, even though they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, you know, but if you see if you're you know a kid who who grows up in a ghetto and you see um, you, whether it's true or not, if you see the police as oppressors and you see you know white people as oppressors and you know then you know you got this guy who who takes from them and, you know, has a gun and he takes care of himself and he takes care of the people who are around him and you've never experienced that, then you have something to look up to, even though it's misplaced, it's misguided. Um, you know, I, I, I think it stems from that. I think it stems from kids looking for something, right. you know, because they have nothing, you know, they, they, they want to look up, they want to feel like they're in control for one moment of their life, you know, even though they're giving up their control. You know, I mean, it's easy to, to say, yeah, I'm going to be the one guy against everybody until, you know, 10 people kick your ass in a corner and then you, you realize you have nothing, you know. Might is right. You know, the numbers are, are going to protect you. So There is you know, a romantic makes- sensibility to that, though, right? That I'm standing up against everyone and if I fall, people sure. will remember me. Like, that's a we narrative so. throughout all of our youth in, in movies, yeah, and- TV, novels. It is it is the heroic idea. Whether it it doesn't happen successfully right. that often, but the idea is is definitely heroic and, and romantic. Yes, I I wanted to switch gears a little bit on this point because I think Felseth brought up a really interesting point of discussion. He says, guys, uh, do you see any parallels with the psychology between gangs and terrorist groups like ISIS? The propaganda seems to work in the same level. Um, John, what do you think? Well, if you you know, I'm I'm over in some third world country, and I know nothing else but Allah, the Merciful, and uh, Muhammad is prophet. It's original religion of love, right? And 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 yeah. uh, got nothing. I've got nothing. I live in a fucking hovel, and they give me an AK-47, which is an amazing rifle. Um, <laughs> amazingly reliable. <laughs> amazingly reliable. I love it. But uh, you know, you give me that, and you and you promise to take care of me. And promise me seventy-two virgins. Come on, what? I, I'm going to join. Where do I sign up? I'd, I'd rather have seventy-two milfs. <laughs> I've said it before. I'll say yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, right. Give here. me one dirty girl from Vegas, as, I, as they say. You know, <laughs> don't you, you fuck them all. They're all not. You know, you can teach them anything you want now. But uh, yeah, I think it's but a little bit different because I don't know of any gangs that that act out of a sense of higher purpose it's always your primal sense of individuality it's not i mean like it or not agree or not isis is working under a twisted definition of islam and they're doing it for a higher power supposedly now again that's the propaganda so if you're coming into this and and a big part of i think uh the 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 call to a terrorist organization that's different than the call. Now I'm thinking maybe a little, only a little bit different than a call to a, an urban gang, for example, or a criminal enterprise like a biker gang, is the economic desolation of your country. Um, uh, again, good or bad, like it or not, the Middle East has forever been in a state of chaos and war. And if you are raised in that sense of of, of chaos, then you are going to be drawn to these really fanciful ideas like religion, especially if it's the only legalized sanction or legal sanctioned religion. And so when you hear uh, propaganda about and true propaganda about America dropping drone 
bombs via drones um, all over your countries, well, you're going to find a sense of higher purpose in that. And I don't think that's the same drive as uh, an urban gang sees. What do you guys think? Uh, I, you know, I mean, I, I guess I don't know. I haven't, I haven't lived in a in a that kind of urban situation. I mean, it, it, yeah, it's different. Obviously, they don't have bombs dropping on them, but they do have buildings that are falling apart on them. Um, yeah, you know, they they don't have uh, you know soldiers coming. They have police coming. Um, there's there's similarities. Obviously, it's not to the same extreme, but you know, um, yeah, I guess it's just a similarity. It. it, it Certainly, you know, when, when everyone around you is, is actually dying from war, we don't know what it's like to live in a war-torn country, you know. So I Ironically, mean, because we've been you. in war since all of our... <laughs> we started them. We since we, we were a dream in our, our parents' <laughs> eyes. Yeah. yeah. I, think, uh, I think the drive is exactly the same. I think the methods and the, the catalyst for that drive or any of those drives are different. You know, you, like the, the, the Middle Easterns or the, the Muslims and things like that, the, the radical... Uh, yeah, sure. It's a spiritual drive. It's a higher power drive and things like that. But it brings me back to what I said before with these gangs. It's more of uh, a, a poverty thing. We don't have, there's the haves, we're the have nots. Let's take that. Let's, yeah. and, and let's protect each other because we have safety in numbers. It's, uh, the drive is the same though. It's just, what are the methods of that drive? Yeah. Yeah. I think it would be funny to get, um, a gang member and a terrorist in a room together and say uh why are you why did you join and i think the terrorist would be sickened by the excuses the gang member gives i i and think i think the state of chaos that the terrorist has grown in is so dramatically different that we are just pussies in comparison and you can you can compare that to uh you know your your cowboy outlaw gang to your viking culture i mean we are just pussies compared to our forefathers um our ancestors uh, absolutely in comparison it's just again it's a societal thing this is how we were raised and so we can only express ourselves in the approved way that our society deems um and we only really know about that culture through that whitewashing uh, frame that we had discussed earlier. So um, it's just, it, it's interesting. Um, I think also, it's also that, go ahead. Go ahead. It just, right. the, the, I think that that kind of makes it uh, more, I see you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I think that's what makes it more frightening and more uh, the way, I guess, uh, modern men have, have become, uh, Without without getting off topic too much, you know, just uh, the the weakening, like you said, you know, like we're in comparison, we're we're so weak, and um, I think uh, we are so comfortable with um, technology today, whereas our enemies strike fear into us with things like gasoline and bullets and matches and and with uh, gasoline. Sorry, that was my buddy. And, you know, and I mean, you know. Uh, if the, if the if the power if the technology was unplugged, you know, are we able to to stand up to to that force? You know, that's that's a scary thing to me. We wouldn't be able to find our Pokemon Go's. We would be devastated. <laughs> just <laughs> fucking but devastated. That, say, like to to address what you're saying before, if you flip the table, and you still have those two gentlemen in the room, the the, the both of them are equally sickened, but they but the drive is the same is the constant in the in the room. They both have the drive for their 
their gang and their their yeah, that's all they know their purpose that's all they know right see, but i don't see the i don't see a sim i see a dramatic difference between i'm fighting for my brothers because they've always taken care of me and they've had my back versus i'm fighting for a fictional or i'm fighting for my god and America is destroying my religion, my way of life, and everything. So I'm going to fight a holy war against them. I think there is a huge difference between those two ideas. And not I think there's them. a difference even to them. I, I cannot... I, I bet there's not. I bet there's not to ask a black kid, you know, you know, who lives in a, an inner city and a gang if white man is destroying his family and his world and everything around him. It's the same thing to him, you point. know? Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Um... But guys how, in the how severe of a situation you're in of course you know i right. mean th that's not all of them of course you know but i'm just saying like depending on how how desperate your situation is right. um you know i mean it, let me address something it's the same thing like grouping them all together like that you know right. no you're absolutely right it's a fair point um i want to make mention of uh, some stuff that's been going on in the chat room about black lives matter movements um uh. And we don't, I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I want to make sure it's clear, this idea, because it's used as a reference to gangs, and it's not a gang. And if you think it's a gang, then you are just miseducated or completely ignorant to what the actual movement is. It's, a, it's black men and women against institutional murder. That's it. It's not against white people. It's not against... It's just black men and women not wanting the police to murder them agree with it or not that's what the movement's about and They're so okay murdering i want to make sure that people understand that because it's not the same thing as a gang or anything like that totally different it's not a terrorist group or anything it's completely different if you don't agree with me you have that right but you should probably educate yourself before you disagree okay so that being said i'm in a pan such a bitch <laughs> Um, okay, so uh, where are we on this discussion? We have some notes here that Wait, we've been ignoring. Else too, though, you said uh, something about uh, you know, as a society, we are weak, and I think that the the oh, reason right, right, for right. that is uh, ice mocha lattes and hair buns. That's what I think. That's, <laughs> and board yeah. the hipster, That's right? Yeah, you're right. The hipster movement, <laughs> but. Uh, I don't know. It's just we, we've we've been comfortable for so long thinking that nobody can take us. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, and 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 we've we've had a, a military that's been able to handle that. But like I said, you know, what happens when you unplug the technology? What happens when they're here? You know, board sorts need to need to be able to turn into some. No, you can fight better. You, I mean, <laughs> just bring your knees up and do some Van Damme shit. Um, <laughs> that's how I was raised. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about tattoos. I mean, I know we're going from criminal enterprise to tattooing, but there was a time when I was growing up that tattoos were was seen as like an outlaw thing, and it was filthy and dirty and disgusting. You're a tattoo artist, so I'd kind of like to touch on that at least while you're here. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I keep looking into the, <laughs> the chat room to see some of these things. Ignore that. Don't worry about it. Um, I do like uh, what Jerry said. A gang mentality and ISIS mentality is the same. So, um, clearly, uh, I think the majority of people, at least in the chat room, agree with your point, Dorian. Um, okay, so let's talk about tattoo culture. At what point do you think uh, it went from um, only the bikers and the sailors to every single person and their mom? 
Well, um, I mean, it wasn't always an outlaw thing. I mean, before that, I mean, the oldest, uh, the oldest intact skin ever discovered, you know, in a frozen caveman had yeah. tattoos on it. And there were societies where only the wealthiest people had tattoos. Um, and this is, you know, it's something that, you know, actually in America is really where it, it, it first became kind of shunned. Well, mm. I, I take that back. There was, of course, there was Japan that, that did have it as well. But I mean, but I mean, as far as uh, once it, it got here, um, it, you know, it, it of course started off with like, you know, sailors, you know, people who in <laughs> circus freaks or whatever, you know, but um, I love it, it was freaks. It was something that, you know, it was kind of crazy to, you know, cutting yourself, you know, to, to put art was uh, definitely it's it was a the outer fringes of society kind of thing, you know. So um, I think when it really started to change from biker culture to uh, just being more acceptable, I think it's really started in the 80s with with the, the metal bands. I yeah. think once, you know, you know, I mean, you started to see one or two here and there. And then when you get to 1989 and Dr. Feelgood and, and Nikki Six and Tommy Lee are fully sleeved and all of a sudden yeah. people are like, you know, that's that's really some of the areas where that started to change. And once it took off, I mean, it really exploded, you know, like now, I mean, it's harder to find people who don't have tattoos. So it has, you know, and, and as a result, the people who... Um, you know, are the more extreme. Now they're, they're trying to come up with more crazy shit to do. You know, a case in point, you know, like uh, getting your hand tattooed used to be, where's the camera at? Um, that, that used to be a thing like, you know, I mean, you know, tattoo artists, we would, we would save that to last, mm -hmm. you know, because you never know you're ever going to get a job. I've had customers whose only tattoo is on their hand, which is, you know, it's kind of crazy to me, but, um, but yeah, mm -hmm. so I mean, it's, it's, Things have changed, and it just took a dramatic turn, you know. So yeah. it keeps me in business now, but it feeds my family. I like what Turia said. Uh, she was a tattoo Ooh. artist for eight years, but it seemed to her the cleaner <laughs> that tattooing got, the more people got into it. Mm -hmm. So Yeah, I, and, and there's, a, there's so much more variety now. I mean, obviously, there's, uh, you know, I mean, when you look at uh, how tattooing, uh, electric tattooing and you know kind of the more i guess uh, american traditional style tattooing that was popular it wasn't really all that artistic i mean it was it was kind of cool because it was different but i mean it was so limited versus eventually somebody said hey i can actually paint and draw and stuff and can i you know and figured out that you can actually do the same techniques that you can do with a pencil or a paintbrush with a tattoo machine and you know so now a lot of people who are getting into it now who are starting off as tattoo artists are are not getting into it because of some some kind of outlaw culture. They're you know which used to be kind of a thing, but now people are getting into it just because they're an artist. Right. You know, and the the problem with that, of course, is that most of them are getting into it straight out of school. They've never worked a real job in their life, so they have no no actual respect for it. But no respect. Other. So, Dory, when do you think like when when was that 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 change? When did that happen? Where that shift happened? Where it became a something that was considered negative or or dirty or outlawish or something to where it's accepted by everyone. Dr. Feelgood, man. Well, yeah, I mean it, it really was like the early 90s is when that that stuff started to to Dr. start to transition, you know. I mean, cuz in the 90s is when I was doing that's when I was doing all the the uh, like tribal Ugh, shit. Yeah. That kind of stuff took off, you know. Tramp but, stamps. Yeah. Tramp stamps we did a lot of those, yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so, I mean, I think the '90s is when it really, when the when the flip 
when the switch flipped, you know, yeah. like the 80s, there was people getting them. You know, I mean, I, I remember like one kid in my high school having a, a tattoo and we were all like, whoa, that's that's kind of wild, kind of crazy, you know. And there was people even in the, you know, of course, in the 60s and 70s that had tattoos, but it wasn't like it is now. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was a little bit, you know, again, you know, military guys always ended up having, you know, a tattoo or two. But, you know, now it's like parents are bringing their kids when they're sick. Uh, actually, next weekend, my uh, my 16, my, my two older daughters are going to be out here visiting. My 16-year-old is getting her uh, first tattoo, so. Really? Yeah. Is it a yeah. Tasmanian devil? It is not, but I did a lot of those. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. In the 90s, we did I have those. an in-law that has two of them. <laughs> Fucking two Tasmanian devils on him. <laughs> All right, man. Um, so let, let's close the conversation out with this question. In our own ways, each of us are attracted to this outlaw sensibility. And it could be because of the culture we were raised in. It could be because of the fiction that we were served as kids. Whatever reason, it's an attractive idea. Um, does... Does mass acceptance of that idea water it down for you? The idea of, of an outlaw, the more people that get into it, um, does it does it sort of deter you? Does it take the outlaw from it? It absolutely does. I mean, uh, you know, tattooing has kind of become that. I mean, I still obviously I'm I'm still tattooing after 20 years, and I still love it. Um, I still make cool. and I, I get to express myself artistically, but at the same time, um, trends get worse. Everyone comes in now. They they open their uh, you know their phone to you know the same kind of app that everyone's using and saying, "Hey, I want this that you've done twenty times this week." Everyone and their brother thinks they can be a tattoo artist, um, and you know you're, you're served just tons of shit. There's just tons of it everywhere, mm -hmm. and uh, you know it. It can be disappointing, especially when you've been tattooing for a long time and you have the skills, and you get people coming in wanting shit. They want the, the typical crap that everybody gets. That's trendy. You know, make your jeans trendy. You can throw them away when they're when they're boring. You know, but uh, so I mean, yeah, anything can be like that. You know, anything that seems badass. You know, or cool, and, and what you get, you know, uh, people do that all the time. With it's not necessarily so much an outlaw sense, but I mean, like their their favorite band when it's an unknown band, you know, and they're so cool and they're so edgy, and then yeah, then they sold sudden, out. Everyone knows about they, them. They make the black album, and you know, millions of copies later, it's they sold out. They suck. <laughs> they you know, cut their hair now, whatever it is, you know. I mean, it's you know, he's it, talking it about changes Metallica. your look at it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um. So, John, what do you think? Uh... I think anything in abundance becomes watered down. I mean, any, like, it's not just uh, tattooing. I mean, you think about anything. Let's talk about, like, something like Satanism. If everyone in the world was a Satanist, uh, how boring would that be? You yeah. know, it's not It's not for everyone. It's for we, the, we'd be calling That's dangerous, animals. though, because... <laughs> we, the, <laughs> the idea of an outlaw culture is a collective of individuals... Um, of people, Satanism is about the individual. So sure. I don't, I don't really care if everyone's a Satanist or not. I just wouldn't, ex you know, associate with them as I don't most anyway. <laughs> so I'm not sure. For me, I'm not sure that one would follow suit. But it, it does apply to virtually every other aspect of outlaw that we've been discussing. I think. So I, I do think that's a really good point. Um, 
Well, do you guys want to take a break before we jump into our second topic of the discussion here? Nope, I'm ready to go. How about you, D? I'm good, man. I want to take a break. This is what we do. Are you guys okay if I take a break? You got to go pee? We need to run some commercials anyway. <laughs> Tapple commercials. If we don't come back, it's because my computer froze up. <laughs> and we're just going to have to deal with it. Gentlemen. It's going to be so good. Everybody yeah, hold on and stay is. there. Thank you, everyone, for being a part of this discussion. It's meant a lot. You guys, I got to look at the camera when I'm talking to you. Uh, your guys' interaction has been a lot of fun. So stay tuned for the second half of the show. It's actually the last quarter of the show, I'll say. And uh, gentlemen, mute your mics so that they don't hear us peeing. <laughs> See you on the other side, guys. Anton LaVey created the Church of Satan, marking the beginning of the Age of Fire and Year One Anno Satanus. In 1969, he published The Satanic Bible, codifying Satanism as a religion, the first time it's been done in human history. In the name of Satan, ruler of the earth, king of hell, come forth from the pit, bestow the blessings of hell upon us. For we are your children, and we invoke thee this night. In 2001, I was appointed high priest of the Church of Satan. In 2007, I published the Satanic Scriptures, further defining and expanding on Satanic philosophy and greater magic ritual. Hail Satan, full of might! Our allegiance is with thee! Cursed are they! The God adorers, and cursed are the worshippers of the Nazarene eunuch. For the past 50 years, the Church of Satan has stood as the sole organization to define and defend Satanism as a religion. And though pretenders to the infernal throne have come and gone, we have stood the test of time and will into the future. Visit churchofsatan.com for more information and read the Satanic Bible and the Satanic Scriptures. Knowledge is the solution for ignorance. Hail Satan! Hail Satan! Hail Satan!
of trying to tell him something and show him something like without hearing it. But it's some like a grappling hook. What the fuck? <laughs> Oh, this is going to be awesome. We we do a lot of different things, and uh, this time we came up with a new one. It's called Word Association Time. So we're going to oh, give you God. we're going we're going to give you a clue, and all you got to do is just tell us the first word that comes to your mind. Is that cool? Okay. Sweet. Right. So we're going to do it fast. I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the list. And I'm gonna say one thing, and then Adam's gonna take. Okay. Um, yeah, you can write down what he says. So we'll go back and review them and see if they're correct. Do you want to take uh, each take a question? Or do you want me to just run down them? <clears throat> Sweet. You ready, Dorian? You okay. know why you couldn't hear me, Adrian? Because I'm a fucking retard. <laughs> I muted my mic. <laughs> God damn it. All right. <laughs> fucking shit, shit, dude. Okay. <clears throat> I'm ready to write down the answers uh, to what he says. Okay. Go. Okay. All right. We have two of these that we use to see with. Eyes. <gasps> I okay. Good, I. good, good. You're on the a roll. The feeling you have for someone when you would do anything you can to bone them. Lust. Lust. Good answer. Good answer. Good. The opposite of little. Large. 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 Okay. That's a good one. Another name for roosters. <laughs> Male chickens. <laughs> What else comes to mind? <laughs> what, you think I'm stupid? You don't think I know this game? <laughs> Please play the game, sir. Cock. Cocks. Okay, great. The opposite of out. In. Okay. Not your, but... Yours. No, no. The opposite of your. <laughs> Mine. Oh, My. that's good. Okay. The part of your body that you use to eat... Mouth. Mouth. That's actually good. Uh, the, okay. word, the word used to connect two ideas together in one sentence. Contraction. The, the actual word. The word that's used. What? Like if you have an idea and you have another idea and you're saying it together in the sentence, you would use this word. Or. Uh, what's another <laughs> in word? Addition to... <laughs> in I'm addition to. I'm avoiding your... I know it all. Okay, and good job. Oh, and the final, nice. an, an, the final one is another name for a donkey. Ass. An mm. ass. It's true. It's Story. True. I mean, uh, Adam, did you write those down? What did he? What did he come up with? I did. So I. This is. Uh, he. He got. I lust large cocks in my mouth and ass. You oh, win. Interesting. Interesting. You win. Interesting. Yeah. Those are the yeah, answers. That's amazing. Dude. <laughs> Good job, Dorian. You win. Yeah, Dorian was pretty annoyed about that. Can you guys hear me now? Like everyone's saying, you still can't hear yeah. me. Okay, right. we're not on post show yet. Uh, let me let me close he tried out. To, he tried to con the con man, man. What do you, you think? Hey, we appreciate you going with it, though. That, that was a lot yeah. of fun. <laughs> um, so before we go, can you give us your favorite Willy Wonka quote? Do you have one? My favorite Willy Wonka quote. Yeah. My favorite? Yeah. Hmm. I love the movie. Right. Um, I I don't know. I we mean, can I, give you one if you. I would think the song. I mean, uh, the uh, um, if you want to view paradise, simply view, turn around and view it. Nice. Um, 
you know, I mean, just uh, there's a, a can you sing a it a simplicity to that to that line, you know, just that uh, the idea of, you know, what you want to see is there. So yeah, can you sing it? Can you sing it like from the movie? If you want to view paradise, <laughs> that was really good. Nice, I dig that. All right, so uh, we're awesome. about to go into post show. Do you have time to kick it with us for a little bit? Oh, why not? You kept me up this long. Yeah, exactly. No <laughs> All right, let me just say to everyone, uh, thank you so much for joining us. And as always, you can always be, as always, you can always, you can be a part of the conversation by tuning in live and joining us in chat. The best way to find out about that is by subscribing to the YouTube channel and signing up to our email list. We send out weekly emails with updates. And if you connect with us on Facebook or Google Plus, you'll get notified the day of, um, of whatever show is going to be airing. Um, Again, stay connected with us, and we will inform you of everything. Uh, we have moved to uh, announcing third side guests and topics ahead of time, and this is really just for simplicity for everyone involved. Um, uh, I guess that's it, right? I mean, nothing else. Thanks so much for joining us, Dorian. It was a lot of fun. Subscribe, okay. subscribe, subscribe. Yeah, Seriously, you I should. did. Awesome. All right, well, everyone, thank you again, and until next time, keep that inner fire burning. You stay classy, Satanism. All right. Let's do a little bit of... Where's my post show? There it is. Post show! Post show. You're like, the post show! I thought you were getting the music. That's why I was like waiting. I was laughing too hard. You're like, the post show! All right, let's do it again. Let's try it again. Post show! Uh, wait a minute. I forgot what music we're using. Fuck! All right, all right. One more, time, one more time, I got it. Ready? The post show. Oh, I, th I was waiting on you. <laughs> this one's good. All right, awesome. God damn it. Okay, so I I have had this has been rough for me, guys. Like this episode in particular was fucking rough. You guys don't understand the head. We were on a half hour before the show trying to get this to work. And for some reason, I was using like, up until the last show I did on uh, Speak of the Devil, um, I was using AVG as my antivirus, and it was just eating up massive amounts of uh, processing power. And I couldn't figure out why, so I had to uninstall it. Um, but when, when I have Skype on, because that's how we feed our guests into the show, um, I can't restart the broadcasting server. That was the problem. And so I had to cancel Skype, cancel everything, start up the broadcasting, and then start up Skype, and then it would all work properly. Really weird. That, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm like sweating bullets over here. I'm getting super exhausted and pissed. Like, this is, just isn't fucking working right. Ugh. I hate it. I hate and there it. was text messages and everything, yeah. Yeah, it was a big... We were like fucking little girls. <gasps> Bobby looked at me! Yeah, just texting <laughs> like crazy. It's fucking bananas. Um, Alright, so... Halloween. Let's talk about Halloween. You guys do anything fun for Halloween? I'm gonna get drunk. I'm gonna drink some wine. We we usually hang out in front, and uh, you know, just all the kids. There's like usually about 200 people on our street because the people across the street uh, are DJs, so they run this music, and everybody comes over, and it just gets crazy. So we just give out the candy to kids that are dressed and their hot moms. That's it. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Doris? Nice. 
Um, well, I don't actually. We we haven't had Halloween here in Florida, so I don't actually oh, right. know. Um, Willow's two, so I mean, we can dress her up and something, take her around for so that we get candy, you know. Uh, but I I don't know. I don't yeah. even know what my work schedule is that week, so I figure it out. Probably nothing thrilling. But. We always, even when the kids were were really young, like two and and younger than that, we took them out because. Quite frankly, I think it's I think it's really important to be able to dress up like a monster and experience this night where everyone is collectively doing the same thing. Like I, it's a sense of community in a neighborhood where you wouldn't traditionally find that anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's an interesting, you know, there are really shitty groups that do these trunk or treats in here in Utah, especially the Mormons sort of band together in this like wagon train circle of car trunks where they just go trunk to trunk which is a bunch of bullshit i like traditional way of trick-or-treating you dress up you go to someone's fucking door and you knock and they answer and give you a piece of goddamn candy now it may have heroin in it it may have needles but that's the choice or that's the gamble you have to play it's it's worth it it's totally worth it this is your work ethics yeah <laughs> you have to earn that fucking candy right. but but it becomes fun because you, at first you're doing it with your family with your parents and then you get to do it on your own that first year just you and your friends like tormenting the night but instead of it being like a regular sleepover torment everyone else is out there too and then you see the cute girls that walk by and you get to sort of walk around and talk with them for a little bit and just sort of fuck around it's just a great night you know and it's okay to be out way past dark you know it's, it's just this celebrated thing plus mom and dad are home drinking watching horror movies and just having a good old fucking time i love fucking halloween so much yeah god damn it yeah, how yeah. can you not? All that candy. So we've got David here asking uh, about Dorian's book. So I, I don't know if he's talking about a new book or the old book. Is there a new book? Not yet. No, no. Not okay. Until, uh, so you're talking about this year. So I'm going to give everybody a free sneak peek. Ready? Well, I don't have to buy it now. I ever fucking read it. God damn. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> If you're getting the skin, if you're not going to get a tattoo, if you're thinking about tattooing, or you're not thinking about tattooing, read the book. It's uh, it's. If you just like tattoo culture, it's a really good read. So I mean, it's just fun. Plus, if you just want to learn a little bit about Dorian, there's this really great part in it where he puts on fishnet stockings and goes door to door trying to get people to touch him in his funny place. Took a lot of a lot of therapy to get over that. It was very brave of you to write about it. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't going to bring it up. That's how I how I overcome. Yeah. <laughs> we will overcome. Um, all right, so uh, let's talk about um, rating this show and and uh, any other show that happens to be on the network. It's important that you guys, if if you find us in iTunes or if you find us in Stitcher or even if you're connected to us via Facebook, give the show a rating. We really really appreciate it. Um, if th- the more you subscribe, <laughs> that's right, Dane Code 1030, overcome. Uh, the more you subscribe, the more ratings we get. Good or bad, honest is what we're looking for, but hopefully that's good. Hopefully. Um, but honest ratings. The more you rate us, the more other people are going to be exposed to us as a show. And that and is. We'll expose ourselves to others. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 
It's well, true. Adam likes to do that. It's true. I've done it a couple times. I do it to prove a point. I don't do it just because I want to get naked and dance around like a fucking right. fairy. I don't want to see your infections anymore, though. So, just saying. Or, or any less. My infections? Which infection? He, he said affection. <laughs> I don't have any infections. I don't know what you're talking about. Which it's video are you talking about? So they're all cleared up then. All right. <laughs> oh, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm sorry. The H word. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I sent a series of private individuals photos of a diseased genitals. Like really infected bad genitals. Thank That's what he was that. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like a blind text too, so they're like, oh Adam sent me a text. Ah! Ah! It was really great. That's the type of text you get when you're friends with Adam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh yeah, send me your phone numbers and I will text you too. Disease <laughs> penises. Oh, can I mention this? Um I I know there's a lot election elections coming up soon. And, oh god. Oh, before we get into that, can I talk about this really quick? Sure. Um, yeah. I, Go ahead. There's like <laughs> one negative, one dislike on like a bunch of our videos. I'm curious to the one person that continually watches our videos that it's dislike. Like, what is it in your head? I want to know. Like, send us correspondence. Like every, every episode is like, maybe this one will be better. <laughs> it's not! What can I expect from the... No, uh, info at thirdsidenetwork.com or john at thirdsidenetwork.com or adam at thirdsidenetwork.com. Let us know why you're disliking the videos. I'm curious because I know we have a lot of audio issues. I know you know we had some technical issues getting this up and running. Um, we're trying to kind of work within our means without spending a whole bunch of money. It's me, okay? I'm jealous. It is. Oh, it is you! I knew it! You guys suck. <laughs> but I just think it's funny. It's one person disliking every video. Blink, 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 blink. I gotta know. I got. Is it me? It's okay if it's me. Just be honest. <laughs> I don't are they like? Just to put that are they out. Like just no. uh, is it happen each time or did they like they like wait like wait like wait till fucking Max Headroom hit the dislike. That was weird. Yeah, I don't know. It doesn't say when they click it. Just that it it is clicked, which is kind of funny. Um. All right, so do you guys want to talk a little elections? When is the election? When is the, what, what date again? It's like the 8th of November, November right? 8th? Yeah. Are you guys voting? Yeah. It's my civic I'm, duty. I take I'm this not, shit seriously. I don't want any part of that bullshit. Really? I don't want to be blamed for any of those assholes. I'm, you I know, think, like not car. making a choice is making a choice. No, no. Well, I'm, I'm, well, technically, it's making a choice. I'm making Rush a choice told me not so. to be blamed for what who who you guys get into office. I like what George Carlin said. That way, I can I can talk about it all I want because I didn't vote those assholes in. Yeah, I but got, you didn't do anything to stop it either. Yeah, that, that's my one, point. Is that and one the, vote is not going to do anything to stop it? It's not. The problem is, is that it's not just one vote. We have apathy in our country. People are complaining that the system is rigged or that it's something fundamentally wrong with it, but they're not doing anything at the local level which would actually change things. They only pay attention when it's a national election and if they don't like the candidates, they just sit out. If you really cared about the country that you were, were and this is my spill, this is my opinion, if you really cared about the country, you would vote in every single local election for individuals that you know would pass legislation in your personal favor. And then you would never sit out. I appreciate what George Carlin was saying because he's a comedian and he says it 
very entertainingly. But the realities are far different because I don't believe in global conspiracies or governmental conspiracies. I believe that we can actually pass amendments without any legislator at all because it's built into the Constitution to do so. So I, I just think if, if we had a more educated electorate, things would be different. But even, even their electorate, they're not going to, just because they're told by the masses and by the population or the, by, by the majority to vote for this person, they still have the right to vote for who they want to anyway. They do that's that the all point, the time. That's the point, though. Is that, and that's, that's the fundamental point. Most people don't vote, though. By and large, the majority of people do not get out and vote, even when it's to their detriment. They would rather sit home and jerk off. My, my, <laughs> I would too. No, my, my point is 80% of the people say they want red and 20% want blue, that, that electorate's going to go and, and, and choose what he wants, which could be blue, and go against 80% of the majority in his But that's state. why I said you have to start local first, because that, that works for national elections or large, like, uh, Congress or Senate positions. But when it's your local mayor or your local congressman, that's when you can actually affect down the road you're not going to do a lot if you're the one minority voting in the one minority race in your one state. But when you're doing it locally, that's when you do have a huge point. And a lot of elections, I don't know if you guys follow your, your local areas, like in my local area, they're not contested at all because it's just assumed Republicans are going to get it. And so why should a Democrat even come up? So you have judges, you have um, congressmen, you have uh, uh, mayors, they just sort of roll over into the next cycle and there's well, no one to, to stand up against it. Let me take this opportunity to announce my candidacy for president. Just write my name in and I'll do it. I'll take care of everything. All right. Okay. I'm not going to vote for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer to have professionals who have governed in positions of government. Ning? Oh, I, I've got family here. I'm but, crazy uh, like that, but <laughs> we do. Based upon what you were saying, what do we do as individuals to stop both Trump and Clinton, either one of them, from getting into office? What do we do right now? Everyone would have collectively vote for a third party. What could we have done? How long before this could we have done something, and what would it be that that we could have done? Oh well, first of all, we would have to like look at the democratic and republican uh establishments and say you guys are running on platforms that do not have any resonance anymore and you need to stop running on those platforms you have to elect people that are still considered in your party if we're going to stick with this two-party framework uh that reach out to actual independent voters and the reality is is the two candidates don't at all trump only connects with the staunch Republican ideology and not the supposed Republican ideology, the reality populist Republican ideology. Hillary is complete corporate establishment. She's a corporatist. I don't even think you could really call her a Democrat, but the reality is, is both of them have a lot of money behind them. And that is why they are uh, like shoe-ins for the election. I mean, it, it, in my opinion, it all comes down to money. If you can get money out of politics, then you can actually have third parties with an option of being uh, governing. But you can't right now. And so that's why you have to do those things like uh, constitutional amendments by the states. 
which is why it's so important to vote local, to have your voice heard locally, because then you can actually affect change on a national scale, but you have to start locally. It's just not so sexy to do that. That interrupts their Pokemon Go games and Again, football, yeah. football. So yeah. you won't do that stuff. It's true. I, I do think it's going to be really interesting, not this election, but the next one. Because after, after all of the independents saw how they were treated by the Democratic establishment, after uh, everyone understands that no one wants the establishment anymore, then you're going to start to see these third parties crop up. If you can get people to register to vote before the elections, then you can get them to get in on the primaries. And if they get in the primaries, you have your Bernie Sanders, you have your Gary Johnsons, you have your... God damn it, Green Party woman. I can't remember her name. Uh, Stein, I think. Um, but you have those options. Right now, you just can't. Because... It's run by two parties that don't allow outsiders. Most states don't even allow independent voters. Mine does, but most states don't. So it, it sort of confines it that way. Um, my computer just went to sleep, damn it. Dorian, Dorian looked like he's going to sleep. Sorry, Dorian. Do you have any opinion on this? Yeah, I can't wait till November 9th. <laughs> stop hearing all this. I don't care anymore. I'm so sick of it all. I'm with you on that, man. Seriously. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> that's too bad um what do you uh what do you uh what do you what are you doing nowadays it's been a little bit since i've talked to you man me yeah what's new i i work i work constantly <laughs> six days a week my day off i work on uh, other projects so yeah work every day hmm. have no life <laughs> that sucks <laughs> are you lifting weights or something you look a little bigger well, I haven't. And I, I screwed up my arm a little She's over a week ago. Yeah, I got. Yeah, those are those are coming along. But they were. But like I said, I, it's been over a week since I've been in. So, yeah. unfortunately, I, things are going well. But yeah, I don't know. I pulled something in my arm. It's aches twenty four hours a day right now. So, sucks. Yeah, it does suck, man. Well, hopefully well, you haven't been at the gym in a week now. So. The age oh. thing. Yep, it's the old man injuries. <laughs> yeah, that's just... I did go uh, this morning. I did uh, go with Jared McGee to a gun show and gun and knife show. So that was my that was my fun time, I guess. You buy anything? So, uh, just a couple blades. Nice. But I got the, a couple guns coming. The so. Road Warrior days that are coming. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. I think that that's gonna be it for me. Any closing thoughts? Go. Um. Subscribe. Do it. Make sure you subscribe. Do it. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Have a wonderful evening. Ah. You took it off?